This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. This is Dr. Theo here. Did you know that God has promised to provide for His children? God has promised to provide for His children. That's the title of my message today, and this is part two in our mini-series. Christians have allowed the world to dictate to us. Many unbelievers have enjoyed wealth, and some have enjoyed exceptional wealth. But when Christians start improving, even a little, the world wants to bring TV cameras into the church to see what on earth is going on. Satan gets paranoid at the thought of the blessing of God coming into the gospel. He doesn't like it. They say, you shouldn't talk about money in church. Then we would have to tear out approximately 20% of the Bible pages because God talks much about finances in the scriptures. If I didn't talk about money, I wouldn't be able to teach the whole council of the Word of God. A person doesn't talk about finances, it's not talking about the entire counsel of the Word of God. They're cutting out 20% of it. Let's read from the book of Job, chapter 1. I believe our eyes are going to be opened today to the fact that God wants to bless you. All right, Job 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of others whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Can we see that all of those possessions made this man the greatest of all the people of the East? So therefore God measured Job's greatness by his possessions because God gave the possessions to Job and it brings glory to God. Notice that God gives a clear description of Job's possessions because it's all part of God's blessings on Job's life. If finances and material blessings are not important to God, then why did God mention all of this in such detail in the scripture? The Bible says in Job 42 and verse 10, Indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, amazing, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Now even by today's standards, a rancher that owned that many animals would be considered very wealthy. Once again, we see a clear list of all Job's possessions. 
God wants everybody to know that possessions are one of the signs of God's blessing on the life of a person. Possessions are one of the signs of God's blessing on the life of a person. That's what God is letting us know right here. If a Christian gets blessed, why does he have to hide his blessings? That should not be so. Genesis 13 verse 2. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And when God said someone's very rich, then I guess he's very rich. By God's standards, if someone is very rich, he has to be very rich. God had no problem advertising Abraham's possessions. That's why God put this in the Bible. God wants everyone to read it because God gave it to Abraham. That's why. Prosperity is one of the signs of God's blessing on a person's life. Some little demons get paranoid when they hear God is blessing Christians. And so you'll hear them say, tell your friends, I wouldn't talk about money in church. It's not spiritual. Have you heard that before? I'm sure you have. Abraham's servants had pleasure in talking about Abraham's wealth. They didn't mind at all. In fact, when Abraham was, uh, when Abraham sent his servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac, when Abraham's servant arrived at the little village at the well outside the town, the Bible says in Genesis 24 and verse 34, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. And he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. So even Abraham's servants were proud to announce all the material wealth that Abraham had. They weren't going to hide it. They thought it was spiritual because God gave it. To Abraham. And God thought it was spiritual because he gave it to Abraham. And that's why God saw to it that it went into the Bible for all eternity. So guess what? When we get to heaven in a trillion years from now, when we read that scripture, we'll read about all the riches that God had given to Abraham. It's never going away. Wherever, wherever this gospel is preached, blessings come. Blessings come. Wherever this gospel of God is preached, the blessings of God will follow. Look at the nations that have lived by the Bible. They are prospering. And as long as they continue to live by the Bible, they'll continue to prosper. For example, Korea. 60 years ago, you might not know this, but Korea was poverty stricken. South Korea was uh, living in squatter camps. 
And Dr. Cho started his church in the slums. And uh, he preached messages like the one you are hearing right now, that God wanted to bless his children. Today, he has the largest church in the entire world, and he has hundreds of millionaires. I said hundreds of millionaires in his church. And he has dozens of billionaires in dollar terms in his church. And they all support Dr. Cho's ministry. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1, when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's reputation, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Now look at this. The reputation of Solomon, that he was wise and extremely wealthy, that brought honor to the name of the Lord. Let's get that clear. And she came to test him with hard questions. 1 Kings 10 verse 2. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels that bore spices, very much gold, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, in other words, their splendid clothing, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up into the house of the Lord, his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, or the burnt offerings he sacrificed, there was no more spirit in her. Let's think about that. It says there was no more spirit in her. What's that mean? In today's language, that means the queen of Sheba almost fainted. She almost fainted when she saw all this wealth and luxury and splendor and wisdom. It says, when she saw the house she had built, the food on the table, the servants, the waiters, the splendid clothing, she had no more spirit left in her. If God wanted you to hide your wealth and be ashamed of it, then why did he take such pleasure in putting all this in the Bible, family? Why? Why did he do that? Does he want us to hide his blessings? That's just what the devil wants. God wants to bless you and the devil says, don't let anybody know about it. Don't let anybody know that God's blessed you. Well, we don't want to tell that to a thief. <laughs> we don't want to tell a thief that God's blessed us. But certainly to our brother and sister in Christ, we can tell them that God's blessing us and we're so grateful to the Lord and give him honor for it. Now, this is God's blessings. If it comes from God, it is spiritual. When she saw this, she began to praise God and give God honor and glory. That's what the Bible said. 
So God's blessing on your life will bring people to Jesus and it will bring him honor. For example, let's just imagine now that a hobo walks into the offices of a very rich man and sits down at the director at the director's desk. And the hobo says to this rich businessman, this successful businessman, if you will give your life to Jesus, he'll bless you like he's blessed me. I'm thinking the businessman might possibly want to say, listen, if God is responsible for your condition, then you need to stay away from me. I don't want what your God's giving out. All right, let's reverse that whole story. Let's imagine now the rich businessman goes to a park, he finds a poor hobo, he picks him up in his nice, beautiful, classy car, expensive car, and he drives him to his house, his beautiful home he has. He gives him a shower, puts a nice suit on him, tie, shirt. He sits the hobo down at his table, gives him a great meal, and he says to the hobo, he says, now, if you will give your life to Jesus, he can bless you like he's blessed me. Look what he's done for me. I was a hobo once, like you. I gave my life to Jesus, and look where I am. Which story do you think would make a bigger impact? A successful person talking about his blessings and helping folks, or a poor person who has nothing? Now, I don't ever want to ridicule anybody that's got nothing. I've been, I've been at the place where I had nothing. When Pastor Rev and I got married, we couldn't even afford a hotel on our honeymoon. We couldn't afford one. We went down to Cape Town, we found the cheapest little bed and breakfast, and that's where we stayed. <laughs> we couldn't afford to go any place except drive around. We had nothing. We're stone rock. So, then I went, because you know, <laughs> I sold houses and when I, when I asked her to marry me, she said yes, at that point in time, I had spent all my money on it. So, I had to start from scratch and build up my bank account. And praise God, he did bless us. And uh, when we started the ministry, we had enough money for our own home to pay for it. So, Nevertheless, I believe God wants to bless his children. Friends, may I say, we were all slaves once, all of us. We were slaves of Satan. We were slaves of sickness. We were slaves of poverty. And we were slaves of sin. We were slaves of death. That's true. Now we are God's very own children. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. God has called us to be kings and to be priests in his kingdom. That's what God has called us to be. Yes, I've been poor and I've been blessed. Blessed is better. And I assure you, it all comes by God's grace and blessing. Nothing else. So, let's begin to trust God's grace. Now listen to this. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5.
And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now let me ask you a question here about verse 6. Does it say, and God has made some of us kings and some of us priests? Or does it say, he's made us kings and priests? No, it says he's made each of us a king and each of us are also a priest. Why is that? Because, family, we are kings in the earth to reign in the earth on his behalf as we represent Jesus. We are to reign like a king in this world as we represent the king of kings. And then we are all priests because we can come boldly into the presence of God because of his grace. Now let's go on reading 1 Kings 10 verse 6. Let's go back to our story Let's not leave Queen Sheba visiting Solomon. Let's wrap that up. All right? 1 Kings 10 verse 6. Then Queen Sheba said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw it with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame of which I heard. So what did the Queen of Sheba do after all of this experience? This will blow you away. Hold on to your seat. 1 Kings 10 verse 10. Then she gave King Solomon a gift. Huh of 9,000 pounds of gold and of great and great quantities of spices and precious jewels. In the margin of my Bible it says, now hold on to your seat as I said, she gave him four metric tons of gold. It's amazing. Has there ever been a gift as big as that anywhere in history? Four metric tons of gold. We can only imagine what they were worth today. Now, why would this woman bless this man of God who was already so blessed you couldn't measure his wealth? Why would she give him money or blessing? He wouldn't know what to do with it. Here's the answer. She had obviously read what God said to Abraham. Now, this is very important. She had read what God said to Abraham. Now, Abraham is Solomon's great, great, great father, right? In Genesis 12, verse 3. Sorry, Abraham is Solomon's great, 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 great father. Got that wrong. All right, here we go. Genesis 12, 3. God said to Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. Hmm. She had read that, 
And since Solomon is a great, great, great grandson of Abraham, she understood. If I wanted the blessing that was on Solomon, I need to bless Solomon so God's blessing can come on me as well. Because God said, if I bless Abraham and his descendants, then God will bless me. But if I curse Abraham and his descendants, then God will curse me. So she blessed him to receive his blessing. And that's still true today. You are a child of Abraham because you are a believer in Jesus and the blessings of Abraham are yours today. And those who bless you are blessed and you are a blesser. And God wants to bless you to become a greater blessing in the future. I trust that this message has encouraged your heart to rest in God's grace and mercy, to trust Him, to bless you, because He will. He wants to. He loves you. You are His child. Praise the Lord. Now, would you kindly bow your heads and close your eyes, everybody? For those among us who do not know the Lord Jesus, who are not sure of their eternal home, their eternal future, you can be sure. You can know for sure that you will go to heaven by accepting Jesus as your Savior. You can receive that assurance in your heart today. Please say this little prayer with me from the heart, meaningfully. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and save my life. From today, you are the Lord of my life, and I will live for you with all my heart until I see you on that wonderful day in heaven. Now, if you said that from the heart, you are saved, because all that call the name of Jesus shall be saved. Congratulations. We love you all. So from Pastor Evan and I, we can't wait to see you soon. Sometime in May, we believe. And uh, we are praying for you continually. And I know that you are praying for us too. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.